Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always fright. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the king of horror, Andy G. Welcoming you back to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be talking about my film pick of the week from 1990, Weatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, directed by Jeff Burr. So it's the third entry in the series. We're going to find out what Bubba's doing down in Texas, why Ken Faree's there, and why exactly the Saw is family. But before we get to all that, we're joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith. God damn, rassin', frassin', fancy-talkin' fucking kids coming around to that kind of nonsense shit. I know who I'm voting for <laughs> fucking come 2024. Hello, and welcome. Alfredo? Uh, oh. Fucking, yeah. Welcome to Talking Terror. Please. <laughs> oh, I thought he was letting Alfredo speak for once, goddamn motherfuckers. I'll tell you, I'll make you love me, huh? I'll make you love me, man. Motherfucker. Motherfuckers want to fuck with me? I don't know. They ain't going to fuck with me. Kisses. Fuck a bone patrol. <laughs> You're going to love me. You're going to love it. I'll sit with you all night. <laughs> right. Let's get it. Get it. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> well, man, we got so much up ready to talk about later on in the episode. But we're not going to be joined by the dean tonight. Unfortunately, he's been held back with uh, going to the old dentist to get in the buzz himself, and he's going to have to be off tonight. Hopefully, we'll be back next week. But we are joined by the psychotic Simeon. The Prince by Moore's Day. Yeah, let's get fucking with the monkey. Yes! Hey there, Scream Queens and Horror Hounds. It is Talking Terror time, baby. Your favorite horror podcast where we, your Titanic trilogy of terror, come in your ears with the latest horror news, nerd updates, and movie reviews. Every Wednesday night from 9 to 11 p.m., we broadcast live to the millions, millions of the little terror maniacs that are out there listening at home. But if you can't catch us live, we got you covered, baby, because every single episode of Talking Terror is always available to the Talking Terror fans. And for free on Spotify and iTunes. You just remember to share the love and make sure that you and all your friends follow Talking Terror on Facebook and Instagram, baby. What is up, my friend family? Woo! Millions of fans. Hello, monkey. Yeah, that. We wouldn't have to work. Hey, Goop. <laughs> I'd love five. I'm good with five. Yeah. No, millions. no, no. We no, we we got millions. Tonight sponsorship lands. We got millions. They don't know it, but we got millions. So yeah. You know, so we're, we're getting paid tonight. Uh, how <laughs> much rags is finally that? coming through. Fight rags is finally coming through. Just you watch. They're gonna be giving a call. Going, shit, you got millions of fans. <laughs> we went in on that shit. <laughs> yes, we, we have millions of fans. We do. We, yeah. We don't know who they are, but they're they are all anonymous. They don't want their names being uh, announced. So you just have to believe us, Ben Scrivens of Fright Rags, that listens every week. We do. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, he finds out that he has millions. That would be great. I would, I would still love a sponsorship from Fright Rags, get a talking terror T-shirt from them. That'd be fucking awesome, but it's a dream. And much like Notorious B, as you said, it was all a dream. 
always excited Dean would say, yes. 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 Indeed. Oh, wait, what what were we talking about again? Yes, Yes, uh, I I couldn't hear you. My my headphones went out. I didn't didn't get that? Yes? Ha. 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 <laughs> that happened like, that happened like once or twice, man. We'll never let him fucking live it down. Nope. The fact that he fell asleep on air. We have it as a fucking sound clip, so yeah. <laughs> the fact that he fucking fell fucking asleep on air. Never forget that. He was just so excited that he tired himself out, poor little guy. Sucks. <laughs> Somebody that witnessed that so many, so many times live and in person, you know, during our our wondrous movie sessions when he when he would come over to to watch whatever, you know, because that that was his thing even back then, picking weird foreign films that you know I I had never heard of, and it was like, okay, what's on the docket this time? And then we would smoke a, a fatty, and 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 the dean would shortly thereafter fall asleep as I. <laughs> would sit there bored watching, watching whatever wondrous movie. Sometimes they were good though, and I'd be like, "Oh well, you're a retard falling asleep." But you know, <laughs> well, he's, he's just a sleepy boy. He's he's sleepy. He, he does so much for this country. He's always moving. He's always, he's, always he's always trying to make that dollar, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen minutes in, he's passed out. Wow, great for thanks for coming over, dude. Appreciate it. I guess I'll just finish this movie without you. Hopefully he's the one that provided the pot, too. <laughs> Some good fucking pot, man. Oh, yeah. That, that, that was never, never the issue. <laughs> okay, so uh, do you guys have anything you want to talk about before I get into what I need to talk about with horror news? Uh, yeah, actually, since we don't have the Dean here, do you actually want to talk about Night of Champions? A little bit, you know, because you're the only one that watched it. I caught highlights and stuff like that, but didn't know if you wanted to go over, like, you know, just some of the shit that's been going down in Night of Champions, you you know, because we had the new belt. They had to put a new belt on somebody, right? (laughs) Of course they did. AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins took home the gold. You know, he promises to be a a 24-7 type champion, not like a 24-7 belt, but rather be something that Roman can't be, which is around all the time. So he promises yeah. to always be around, to always defend that title, taking on anybody that wants a piece of the title. Um, it was odd to see that it started the pay-per-view. Like, I thought that would close it out. I was like, no, Roman's going to end up closing it out because it's fucking Roman. So you know he's going to close out the pay-per-view, and he did. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. So, but he yeah, did. yeah. Preposterous. I'm sorry, you guys are introducing a brand new belt that you are saying is like the the alternative high-end belt of the WWE, and yet you decide that that belt, that champion, is going to be chosen at the very beginning of your pay-per-view, pretty much negating, negating any seriousness to that belt whatsoever, and letting a team mm-hmm. title match be what closed. You know, I would get it if Roman Reigns had a title match going on, you know, maybe maybe, maybe yeah. then I'd be like okay with it, but no, no, this was a, a tag team match, and you knew damn well they weren't giving Roman and Solo those belts. No, it just wasn't going to happen. 
I mean, that was a great match. I mean, don't get me wrong. The uh, Roman and Solo versus KO and Sami Zayn. It was just great to see the audience behind Sami Zayn, you know, coming out in, like, traditional garb, speaking the national language, and fucking Roman Reigns is looking around like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, what language is this? Like, <laughs> you know, he's, he's kind of laughing, enjoying himself, but the crowd is completely against Roman the entire time. They're saying, fuck you, Roman. They're shouting at him, and he's just waving his hands up in the air and saying, fuck you, too. Like, you know, just didn't care, playing up the total heel character. Um, we knew, you know, it wasn't going to be them walking out uh, against KO and Sammy. But, of course, Bloodline shows up. You know, the Usos, they accidentally super kick Solo. And then that's when they're like, okay, fuck it, it's over. And that's when Roman starts pushing him around, saying, don't touch me. The hell did you guys just do? And Jimmy just fucking loses it and super kicks him right to the face. And then Jay looked like he just <laughs> saw Roman get stabbed to death. He put his hands over his mouth. He's like, what did you do? And Jimmy's like, it's just me and you now, man. It's just me and you now. He's like, I got you. And then he super kicks Roman again. He's like, all right, we got to go. And fucking Jay was like, Roman! Roman! And he's screaming. It was the greatest fucking thing ever. Jimmy's pulling the like, Roman! I was like, this is the greatest fucking thing ever. He's screaming like he just witnessed Roman get shot to death. <laughs> he just watched he just yeah. watch Omar Epps in fucking higher learning, you know what I mean? When fucking the yeah, girl dies exactly and he gets the like. movie and he's like, Fisa! <laughs> Yo, it was it some was of the exactly best fucking acting I'd ever seen at the time, man. Yep. It was like, oh, damn, bro, that's some fucking heavy-duty shit. Now, mind you, I was also fucking, I had a head full of LSD at the time, so that really intensified the, oh, entire, sure. fucking, the entirety of that film. But, yeah, you know, I thought Omar Epps fucking pulled some fucking wicked shit off right there. Yeah, no, it, it, that was the level that Jay was giving, so it was fucking awesome as they left with, like, Roman not knowing what to do. He's getting up, and everybody's giving him the finger. And, of course, Sammy had to leave right after with KO, so it was great. But uh, they had the Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus match. Fucking amazing match until the closing moments when Zoe Stark got involved and, you know, caused the win by Trish. But during the match, uh, Becky got her nose busted open, so she just started covering her face in her own blood. It was fucking great. Like, she was just rubbing it all over her face, going, what now? What? Come on, come get some more. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. I was like, this is so fucking cool. <laughs> Literally went from a nosebleed to rubbing it all over her face. Like, it was fucking war paint. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking, I love Becky when she gets this way. She just gets so fucking just, like, hyped up. But, you know, they Man. probably to leave it at that. Yeah. Everyone's trying know, to bring uh, blood, ba- blood back to the WWE now. Everyone's like, well, fuck, Brock can do it. I can't do. <laughs> They've been doing it, and it's been fucking great. And then, you know, Brock versus Cody. Of course, uh, Brock had broken his arm on Monday Night Raw the previous night before on Monday. So Cody comes out with this fucking cast on. He decides to use it against Brock, just beating him in the face with it. And he's like, I'm going to win this thing. And then fucking Brock just puts his arm into a fucking hold, and Cody passes out and loses. So he never tapped out. He just passed out. So. I was like, here we go, extending the storyline that's going nowhere, Brock versus Cody. We're like, I'm going to get you again, man. And fucking, you know, the next one. <laughs> I'll get you next time. We're never going to actually it's, yeah, it's anything just... significant other than balls and you beating my ass all the time. But look how tough I am. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'll see it. Money in the bank. Physical. I'm going to beat up your fist with my face. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm the main character of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> like I'm the main character of Mortal Kombat Two. I mean Mortal Kombat, the movie. 
Yeah, it's just it was just one of those things where he's, he's it's going to be at Money in the Bank because that's I think next month in London. So it's going to be another afternoon pay-per-view. I think it's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So they're going by London time. So, yeah, that to look forward to. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it wasn't bad. The only match that really just didn't go over and it was hilarious was the Rhea Ripley versus Natalia for the Women's Championship match. Because this was obviously oh. a match that was put on because they were short for time. So they're like, what the fuck do we do? We're short for time. They're like, let's make it a minute and 10 seconds. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> We'll have Dom Dom come in and, and distract her, and then she's going to be like, what? And then all of a sudden, I'll just fucking kick her in the face, and I'll pin her. Minute, ten seconds. Mm. Still not as short as yeah. Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan match. That was 58 seconds. <laughs> still still not as, not as, but it still was entertaining. So, you know, this, it seemed like it was filler, but I guess it wasn't, and it was just too short because it went against time because <clears throat> all the other matches went long. And at long last, we got mm-hmm. to see Bianca Belair get fucking dethroned by Asuka, using the fucking mist to her advantage. It was great. Like, the way that they ended that match, like, you couldn't have delivered a better one. With the KOD almost being over to Asuka, and she rubs the mist in her eyes, and she's like, I didn't do nothing. <laughs> I win. I win. <laughs> and then she just starts dancing around the ring while Bianca Belair is rubbing her eyes, going, yeah, what's the face? She got me in the face. And the ref's like, I didn't see it. So I can't say she did it. And Asuka's just dancing around the ring. Pretending like she's crying and licking her lips. It's full of fucking blue mist. I was like, yeah, I love it. I can't lie. And we finally get the Nazi, uh, you know, Bianca Blair holding the title. Hopefully, you know, for a little while. I'd like to see Asuka hold the gold for a little while because she deserves it. You know, put in the work to become this new character, which is kind of fun to kind of evil. But she's got blue mist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, she, she's fun on, like the, 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 the Tajiri character, you know? Like, I'm the... I'm the crazy Japanese, you know, wild thing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And she is. <laughs> like, we watched it on you know, SmackDown, you know, last Friday, the monkey and I. She's just walking in the ring, just shaking her arms, laughing the entire time, not wearing any makeup, clean face, and the monkey was in love. I was like, can't blame you. It's kind of cute. <laughs> that That time on SmackDown, she came out with no makeup, but... Uh, you know, but she's still going around with this new paint job that I'm digging because it's looking like, you know, she, depending on the paint jobs and stuff like that, it looks like she has cuts and tears in her cheeks, you know, with the blue and stuff. So I'm I'm digging the shading that's going on with this stuff. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. again, we say it all the time, man. It's just Belair just needs to go back down to training, man. It's just she's not only a danger to herself, he's a, she's especially dangerous to everyone else that's in the ring with her, you know, to, like Nia Jax, you know, where she's just not safe to be in the ring, fucking people up. She just can't pull her moves off. Yeah, I mean, she's gotten better since she first debuted. I mean, I wouldn't say they're going to put her down back down to development in NXT. I mean, I, I think that's a stretch just because how far she's come as that women's champion. But, I mean, they'll reserve that spot for Mustafa Ali and Baron Corbin, who are quote-unquote free agents that can go anywhere from SmackDown to Raw to NXT. It's like, no, they're there because they just can't do anything on the main roster. Because <laughs> they both came out on Tuesday night. And everybody's like, oh, shit, they're here. I'm like, oh, shit, back to development. <laughs> <laughs> it's not because they want to yeah. be there. It's because Triple H is like, yeah, go back down. Yeah, but again, though, it's like, ah, 
just a danger to everyone else in the ring. She she needs to learn her shit, man. That, that's all there is to it. What do you feel about that, Ghoul, about uh, Bianca Belair? I mean, I definitely saw improvements with her over the course of the year. Uh, I don't think she was. I never felt at any point. She just always felt too raw to be the champion. You know, like, I, I don't know. You got you got better talent yeah. in WWE in the women's division that I feel like deserved those spots a hell of a lot more than she did. Um, but, again, you know what? She, she obviously has the physical talent. Got the size. The big, you know, big, beefy girl who who can do great things with the WWE. I like her finisher. I, yep. I don't like that personality type, like that character, but, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to – I can't judge that as my basis as to whether or not I think she should be champ. I mean, look, that that type has had – it's John Cena all over again. You know what I mean? Like, listen, he was the best there fucking was, you know? Fucking put the hitman heart. I'm the fucking EST. You know, he's the best there was, the best there is, the best there'll ever be, and all that shit. Uh, you know, guess guess who bored the shit out of me when he was a fucking main wrestler? Fred the Hitman Hart. Fred Hart. You know, I loved him as yep. part of, I loved him as part of the fucking Hart Foundation. Hated his solo career. Totally could not mm-hmm. stand it. So as fuck, man. He was a guy that could never cut a good promo. It was always the guy he was up against that could cut the better promo to make him look better. Especially during his feud with Stone Cold. Stone Cold fucking made him look great. The way that they feuded. Like, he just, he lifted that guy up and made you actually want to see their match. But Brett couldn't cut a promo yeah, about fucking well, anything. They also had that whole neck thing that they kind of sold you on and all that shit. You know, the dude broke his fucking neck, so. I don't mind. Stone Cold? Gotta get, yeah, he gotta get, get his revenge. Yeah, Brett with the fucking pile driver, man. No, that was Owen. I wasn't Brett. Owen, that's right. My bad. Wrong, wrong, wrong heart. Yeah, still a heart, but not the right heart. <laughs> yeah, it was Owen Hart that broke his neck with the pile driver. Um, but, yeah, but still, I mean, it was just like a, a boring kind of uh, kind of feud. It was just Stone Cold with his fucking attitude the entire time, kind of making it fun and exciting. And then leading to that, uh, I quit the uh, the submission match when he got cut open and was bleeding all over the fucking mat like a stuck pig. Like that elevated both of them to another level, but still, Brett never should have been elevated to that level. So fucking boring. I'm glad HBK took that title in Montreal. So thank you, Vince. You did something right. <laughs> and again, don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? Like, look, Brett the Hitman Hart, great physical talent. The guy could fucking wrestle, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, he is a legend in the ring itself. The problem was it's just his character. And, and again, it's like watching this. It'd be like giving Dean Malenko the fucking title. You know, like, come on, man. Oh, like, I'm glad the guy could fucking do a thousand, a thousand holds, but, you know, he was like watching paint dry. Fucking Steve Blackman. You know? Oh, okay. Oh, Steve Blackman. A guy that could get nothing done in WWE, except, you know, have those two fucking little uh, things, that used to, those sticks that he used to do tricks with in his entrance. Like, whoa, cool. Close in the dark. It was kendo sticks. <laughs> yeah. That was about as exciting as he got. And that was it, you know. But fucking like Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn, like all that was four horsemen. So fucking boring. Chris Benoit was the only one that actually liked that, all those guys in WCW. Okay, so Saturn had one good run in him. 
and that was when he was going up against Raven and the Flock. You know, during yeah, that entire, like, that whole segment, that whole storyline was fucking phenomenal. But again, that's because you had, you know, the the whole established, you know, thing going on, and, and they, they had a rivalry, and, and it built up right. You had people turning on people. Billy Kidman makes his turn. Like, there was a lot of talent in the flock, you know. Unfortunately, a lot of them were also smaller guys, but there, there was talent in there. Yeah, there was. I mean, they, they were all talented in their own way in the ring. It's just that their personalities were just kind of so boring. Even Chris Benoit at times got a little boring, you know, when he would cut a promo. I mean, it's just you want to see him in the ring doing the flying headbutt, you know, which led to him murdering his family and himself. But still. Damn. It's a hell of a thing. <laughs> you know, but still. It, Do it, the headbutt thing. You know, I, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, like I said, it, it was a talent, but at the same time, you know, just not good in the promos. Um, but that was a different time in wrestling, too. You know, we can get away with a lot more. Like, Perry Saturn's running end with WWE was him being mentally challenged and carrying around a mop. So, so that well, <laughs> that worked out for him. Yeah, now the move to the WWE wasn't going to work. And, I mean, even after, even after he freed the flock, and they were still trying to, like, push him as, as anything else in, the, in WCW. It really was like, uh, uh, yeah, no, nah, this, this character was really only good when he, uh, when he was doing that, you know. And I, I did like his finisher. Mm-hmm. He had that, uh, I forget exactly, he had some kind of locking move, didn't he? Yeah, it was a, it was a submission move. You know, kind of like the, the hurt lock, I think, which is akin to. It was some kind of a power lock that you just couldn't escape from. No, of course not. But, yeah, I mean, mm. you know, so, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know where he is now. Like, the last I heard of him was a couple of years ago, and apparently he wasn't wrestling anymore, and he needed a new uh, air conditioning unit, so he went on to, like, YouTube and was posting videos about how if anybody could send him some money for a new AC unit, that'd be great. <laughs> I don't know if he ever got one, but I do know that he was oh, trying. I would have hooked, hooked his ass up. <laughs> yep. I would have. You know, I, I just remember here, I was like, oh, I feel so bad. Perry the Saturn rings of Saturn, that's what it is. The rings of Saturn, that's right. Yep, there we go. So, you know, overall, I mean, it was a decent interview, you know, overall. Didn't mind it, but it's just seeing the what happens next with the bloodline is going to be great because I hope that Jimmy brings back the Nobody's Bitch t-shirt that he wore when he came back to go up against Roman. <laughs> it's got to come back. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, you know, just just with Jake just to, so, so I don't know about the air conditioning thing and all that, man. But just like a quick little research thing, I guess he's been dealing with some like major brain injury stuff. So like the last thing that they kind of have on him was back in 2016. They tried to put a GoFundMe together to to kind of to help him out in in that regard with like a hundred thousand uh, dollar you know goal. I don't know if they they ever reach it or anything like that, but so. Oh, so well, we never on tried. A, on positive notes. <laughs> yeah, on a positive note. <laughs> kind of like how Abdul the Butcher had that uh, deli called Abdul's, and uh, one day he just abandoned it because he couldn't afford it anymore. So, yeah, that went by the wayside. Yeah, and for a while, but then, yeah, just couldn't pay the bills anymore, so they shut it down. I found out about that the other day. I was looking at some wrestling website. I was like, Abdul the Butcher had a fucking deli? I've been there every day. Where did he have his deli? 
I got to look it up because it was a picture that somebody put up um, of his deli. And they're like, he used to have one. And I was like, oh, shit, he did? You know, but, yeah, I forget what it was. Oh, it was in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to Atlanta, Georgia, so. Well, it's close now. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, house I mean, of even if it was open, I wasn't going to Atlanta, Georgia, not to go to some deli. <laughs> I just love the fact that the, the sign says ribs in Chinese food. <laughs> so he's offering a little something different. <laughs> want to go for the ribs or you want to go for the Chinese food? That duel has it all. Oh, ribs, ribs. Um, I thought you said ribs, like, like liberals. I'm like, ribs. liberals Chinese food? Like, how the hell does that work? Oh, damn, he is a butcher. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows where he sources food from? You never know. He's a fucking maniac. <laughs> Could be a, a Texas Chainsaw thing. <laughs> this tastes weird. No, it's fine. <laughs> Just don't look in the kitchen. <laughs> okay. Shut up and uh, eat. So... <laughs> yes, sir. Mmm, this is so good, <laughs> Mr. Butcher. Tastes great. Can you tell me about your run again in wrestling? Well, you don't stare at me holding that knife. <laughs> You're like fucking Rocky's restaurant in Rocky. Where he's just walking around with his fucking gloves on the entire time, asking if anyone wants to fight after dinner. Hey, uh, you guys, uh, you want to go up back after you finish your food? Pay your bill? <laughs> I got a ring out back. Go three rounds. Oh, it's three on the house. <laughs> yeah, that'll be it. Three rounds and the meal's on the house. <laughs> if you can face off against Rocky. Oh, shit, honey. The meal's on the house. If I can face off Rocky, dude, he's old now. Honey, you don't know what you're doing. It's Rocky Balboa. No, I think I could take him. He's got a couple years on him. I mean, this isn't Rocky in Russia, Rocky. This is fucking Rocky now. <laughs> I'll go just for that. I'm at Rocky's restaurant every night just to see him fucking kick somebody's ass because they want their meal free. <laughs> it's kind of like when someone does a wing challenge at a restaurant. This <laughs> one. Well, I mean, oh. obviously, you know that, you know, Rocky being a fictional character, but, like, this is something that fucking, like, Tyson or somebody should do, you know? Like, I don't know. I I would try. I would try. You know what I mean? Like, get in the ring and try to last, like, X amount of minutes with Tyson. Now, I'm telling you right now, if I ass running the entire fucking time, you know, I'll, I'll keep looking at him. But, like, you know, I'm not fucking going to try to go tell uh, You ain't going to see me try to throw a punch. You ain't going to see me try to take a punch. That motherfucker's going to keep on punching, and I'm going to try to keep on moving. It's like, yeah, welcome to my ring, Keith. You know what? You ate my ribs. I'm going to eat your children. Okay. I'm just going to, you know, lace up my gloves. I'm going to take my time. I'm sure they're tied and tight. Okay. All right. One's on. Now the other. All right, the other one's on. <laughs> Mr. Tyson, sir, please stop. You're looking at me very fucking viciously. I don't like that. I thought this was a friendly fight, sir. All right, let me just uh, take a couple practice swings here. All right, all right, we're getting up to it. Uh, uh, <laughs> like I am later, not he's like, all right. <laughs> yeah, I just I can't imagine the legalities of that, though. Tyson owned up, opened up his restaurant, and he's like, I'll box you, and your meal's free. Like, there'd be a lot of fucking legalities in that. Come on. would have to have, like, like a lot of lawyers. You could, you could sell fried fucking ears, you know what I mean? Like, this is so much. <laughs> 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 yeah, like, they got, like, the jelly-filled fucking, ears. Tiger's balls, like, that kind of shit, man. 
<laughs> yeah. I couldn't even imagine the children's menu like in Mike Tyson's fucking restaurant. Yeah, bring the children. I won't eat them, but I'll let them eat for free. So I'm the five. <laughs> like, is that fried pigeon on the menu? I thought he liked pigeons. Well, I don't like some of them. The ones I don't like, I put them in my food. It's fried pigeons. It's very good. Times are tough. I got to make chicken somehow. <laughs> I got to sauce it from somewhere. So some of the pigeons, they go into the food. All right, who wants to fight? Nobody? Okay, well, I'm just going to pick somebody from the crowd. Uh, you, sir. We've watched Foo Free come out back. I, I didn't say nothing. That's no, okay. You're picked. You're dead. <laughs> like, I love you, homie. Stop it. <laughs> just tell the kids I love them. Well, I'm going to eat them, too. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of you. And Mike Tyson, everybody gets one. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm going to fuck so you till you love me. <laughs> yeah. Just looking right at his wife the entire time. He's my favorite fucking Tyson line <laughs> of all time, <laughs> I'm going to fuck you till you love me. That's right. I'm going to tell your wife that as I beat you to death. One-handed. I'm going to put one hand behind my back. I'll even give you the advantage. <laughs> I think I can do this, buddy. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, so, anyway, what kind of horror news do we actually have? <laughs> I saw from Mike Tyson's eatery. Uh, that would be fucking awesome. So, <laughs> um, so Terrifier 3. Take out. <laughs> Mike Tyson's takeout. Just a picture of him with a chef hat on. Eat it, Mike. <laughs> I don't think I ever want to eat there. I don't want to know what happens if you skip out on your bill. Uh, don't worry about it. What? Nothing. Don't worry about it. You don't worry about those texts around here. We only serve all class people. Like, there's a van out back that's suspicious. Yeah, I don't worry about that. Why is it running? I don't know. You don't want to find out. That's all I know. <laughs> anyway, so, anyway, so Terrifier 3 is officially happening. It was filming to happen in November, December of this year, with a release in late 2024. Director Damien Leone hypes Terrifier 3 will be another boundary-pushing addition to the horror genre, continuing the no-holds-barred, uncompromising exploits fans of the franchise have come to expect and celebrate. So you could expect Yay. another Terrifier movie in 2024. <laughs> because that's, I mean, but it has its fans. I mean, it made over $10 million at the box office. So like I yeah, said, it definitely like has it. its okay. fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people fucking love Art the Clown. I mean, they, they, they go crazy for his shit. I just, I mean, I'm not one of them, but I mean, you know, God bless. God bless. That's what I always say. You gotta say. God you bless. Know, if you like it, that's good. <laughs> coming from a Satanist, well, coming from a Satanist way. Part? What the fuck's that supposed to mean? <laughs> and you don't get that? Okay, well, moving on. <laughs> he's, he's saying it like a southern woman, man. You know, so that's, him, that's yeah. more like a black, oh, so he, a so he's saying like bless home. their heart. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm gonna sit. Or I've never hung out with a bunch of oh. Italians before. God, like, no. I fucking hung out with a bunch I'm, of Italians. They always say that, like, hey. You know what? Uh, it's it's not up to me, Paulie. God bless, though. God bless. Like, you know, like, okay, so that's their way of saying just fucking do it. Who cares? <laughs> I gotta hang out with some, you know, some of the, you know, the Gambino sometime. I mean, I'm fucking learning Italian and Duolingo so I can fucking hang out with them. <laughs> so they can be like, oh, this guy over here. He must be doing Duolingo or some shit because he knows some Italian. Like, yep, that's right. <laughs> 40 day streak, baby. Oh, this guy over here. Come on. 
phrases and shit like that. So it's it's difficult now. It's not the difficult part where I'm learning how to like order stuff at like uh shops and stuff like that and to tell people that I'm late for stuff and uh saying I'm late in Italian is very troubling. So So you, know. you so, so you've so you've say so you're saying you've learned how to say I'm late for work. <laughs> yeah, but I can't use that word because it's uh kind of offensive. So I have to just not use it. Bait? Bait is offensive? <laughs> no. Retardo. Work? <laughs> retardo oh, shit. Is, that's how okay. you say I'm late. In retardo. Oh. Okay, so then say. He just Come on, give us, some, <clears throat> give us some examples of what you have learned. Piacere. Il retardo. Mi dispiace, signore. Which means, I'm nice, nice to meet you. Sorry I was late. So, and then sir at the end. You know, just be nice. But yeah. You know, io devo il negozione, signore, per favore. Meaning, where's the store, sir? I'm lost. See, <laughs> so, yeah. listen to yeah, that so shit. El queso es viejo y putrido. Donde es el baño? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Izquierda. <laughs> baño en Italian. Dove el baño, per favore. That's how you say, where's the bathroom in Italian? Scusa, dove il bagno, per favore. Ma scusi, ma scusi. Scusi, scusi. Mi dispiace, signore, mi dispiace. Grazie mille, a presto. Oh, I remember the bad words. Man, it sounds like we get ready for the Mario Power Hour over here. Hey, paisanos. Did you, know the, did you know the Mario movie was in English, right? <clears throat> yes, it was. I just want to be able to go to like, the restaurant and be like, I know what they're talking about. <laughs> no, but then everyone in the Italian restaurant can be like, hey, he knows what we're talking about. Is he wearing a wire? Is he, you better check and see if he's wearing a wire. <laughs> you end up hey, out back with my We just want to talk to you for a minute. <laughs> oh, they're inviting me back into the kitchen. I think they want to talk to me about my English and my Italian skills. Hey, why don't you come over here? We're going to talk to you in the back. Polly, I, I, mean, I, I feel like you're intimating that all Italians have something to do with La Cosa Nostra, but we all know that that doesn't really <laughs> exist. You should stop talking about it. <laughs> You know, the mafia doesn't really exist. (laughs) No, they they clearly don't. They're all in waste management. That's Mm -hmm. what they do. (laughs) And they all have black black shutters in Jersey (laughs) for some reason. It's an Italian thing. Some of them. It's not a mob thing at all. (laughs) Not all of them have black shutters, but I would say the majority do. Kind of like they did in Lanny's neighborhood. You roll in the Divas old neighborhood? <laughs> you have to get the light to stop coming in so you can watch your television. That, that's the that's reason right. for that. That's the only reason for it. Fuck because they're black and they cut out the light. New Jersey's like the closest state to the sun. 
(laughs) (laughs) The one thing that they could brag about. (laughs) Um, So Evil Dead Rise will hit Blu-ray and 4K Ultra HD on June 27th in the United States, but the release will contain no features. But if you live in the the UK, the movie will release on June 5th and will have an audio commentary by director Lee Cronin, as well as his short horror film, Ghost Train. So sorry, fans in the U.S., we get fucked. We're not going to have any. No extras? Uh, no wow. Bare bones. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed up. by that. I was hoping they would have like at least a behind-the-scenes feature or something like that, but no, no, they're just going bare bones. So if you live in the U.K., pick up a copy, you get an audio commentary, and the short film, Ghost Train, that we Cronin directed uh, before he did Hole in the Ground, which got him the job for Evil Dead Rise. But if you're kind of disappointed by that, uh, Renfield is picking up with that because their Blu-ray is going to release on June 6th with the Dracula Sucks edition. Special features include deleted and extended scenes, alternate takes, and a Dracula Uncaged featurette, along with many other features. So if you're disappointed by Evil Dead Rise not having anything and you like Renfield, don't worry. They're going to hook you up with the Dracula Sucks edition coming out later next month. Yeah, because, like, on that note, it's just, you know, that's something I've kind of noticed, like, with a lot of DVD releases and stuff like that. It's like, you know, because back when stuff was coming on DVD, they were always trying to load things with extras, but it just seems like they definitely send down on extras. And, like, you know, I I miss, you know, just being able to see behind the scenes making featurettes and stuff like that. It just seems like, you know, and when they were filming this stuff, they were usually doing that kind of stuff on purpose to have some extras for later. And it seems like mm-hmm. they just kind of skimp on that kind of shit now. With, yeah, or the, a lot or of you, you guys yeah. think it's just me. No, I, I, there's I, a lot I, of I features that I've bought recently. Oh. Yes, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one that does. So, yeah, like um, X uh, didn't really have any features except for a trailer. And I was really hoping I would have some, like, you know, director's commentary, maybe some deleted scenes, some featurettes, but no, it just had the trailer. And I was like, fuck, man, I bought the Blu-ray. I was like, I thought it would have extras, but no, it didn't. And, you know, um, another recent one I bought, I can't remember, I think it was Ghostbusters Afterlife, where they had, like, two features. And I was like, that sucks. You know, you think it's going to be chock full of shit, but, you know, they they give bare minimum nowadays. It's weird. You know, I guess features are becoming less. Because, like the Google said, he doesn't buy physical media. A lot of people don't buy physical media anymore. They just buy digital or, you know, whatever to add it to the cloud or whatever they do. So these companies probably well, figure, who the fuck cares? Nobody's watching special features anymore. We'll see, now, we'll see now. I know the one thing is there's a lot of movies that, like, you know, I do end up getting on, on digital, uh, you know, with, with the Xbox anyway. You could, like, you'll have, and I hate it because they're both priced the same. And it's not like either one takes up more space because it's not loading to your hard drive or anything like that. But you'll get either, mm. you can either get just the movie or you can get movie and bonus. And the bonus typically has okay. all the special features that you'll get when you get, like, a physical copy of something. Now, most of the time, that oh, okay. releases at the exact same time as the regular movie. 99% of the time, it's the same exact cost as the regular movie. So it fucking pisses me off when sometimes there's those moments where I accidentally get the regular movie, and forget to get the bonus features. Now, granted, most of the time I don't end up watching them anyway. But, you know, some of the Marvel mm-hmm. films, it's like, okay, well, you know, I don't mind watching some of the deleted scenes. And, like, that's the kind of stuff that I like for bonus features. You know, give me some deleted scenes, give me some outtakes, some gags, shit like that. 
but like you said, it's like bare minimum now. Maybe they give you like two minutes worth of like extra shit, three minutes if you're lucky, and then it's like, hey, you know, oh well, see you later. Here's here's a fucking mm-hmm. yeah, running commentary for the whole film. Watch the movie all over again, except here's the thing. You'll have people talking over it the entire time. I'm sorry, I hate when people are talking during my movie. So, like, I don't want to hear, like, sometimes it's okay. I think I might have watched one whole film with a fuck commentary. Yeah, see, I like audio commentaries. Especially for, like, the old movies, like, slashers and stuff like that, where they're, like, going back to the director and the actors and they're talking about it. I just like the stories. Like, some of them are kind of fun, you know, when you talk about it. Or on uh, Friday 13th Part 4, the final chapter, there was a fan commentary by Joe Winch and Adam Green, who directed Hatchet. Um, Joe Winch uh-huh. Long Term 2 and they were a fan commentary and all they did was fucking geek out the entire time and make up shit about the movie they're like why is Tommy's mom fucking constantly mopping her fucking face with that rag like is she just living in a compensated sweat like you know just cracking jokes oh, kind of like MST3K style she's oh so they're the just riffing it in the local gas station bro taking fucking bukkakis to the face all the time just getting all the come <laughs> off of her like, see, that, 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 yeah, the other yeah. thing I find with the commentaries that kills me is that, like, you know, look, I'm a big mouth myself. So when I hear people talk, like, you know, I start coming up with questions or I start thinking about things that I would want to add in there. And then I'm like, motherfucker, they can't hear me, can they? So I'm just yelling at the fucking screen. <laughs> They're like, well, yes, Keith, I can answer that. And like, Whoa, holy shit, it's interactive. Bro. I would fucking <laughs> drop a load. I'd be like, yes, it finally happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, to answer Keith's question, this scene was particularly tough. It's like, oh, man, they're answering it. Dude, listen, they're answering it. How the fuck did they do that? <laughs> um, yeah, that would be great. Um, it so would be kind of like the Kevin Costner about. director's cut of Dances of Wolves from The Simpsons, which Kevin Costner actually steps out of the TV <laughs> <Yeah>. screen. <laughs> was, oh, no, that was the postman. Yeah, that was the postman. Which was walking oh, the postman. Okay. He came walking out from behind the fucking TV. <laughs> And she's like, anybody want to watch this? And he's like, hi, I'm Kevin Costner. He's got directed the movie. He's like, this is a particularly hard scene to shoot. And she's like, I'm good. And she fucking walks away. Because <laughs> they think oh, maybe two people the saw postman. the fucking movie, The Postman. The yeah. next best movie <laughs> next to fucking Waterworld, okay? Of course. <laughs> it's still a good scene. <clears throat> so uh, to close out 2022, the ghoul and I covered Mad Heidi. Uh, which I honestly found a lot of fun, Swissploitation movie. I know the ghoul did as well. You know, we, we bought into it, so we chipped in to, to get it, uh, watch it digitally. But if you wanted to see it and you were like, you know what, I never got a chance to watch it digitally, you can actually check it out June 21st at 7 p.m. It's a Fathom event. You can watch Mad Heidi in select theaters. So if you never got a chance to check it out digitally, if you're like, you know what, I listened to Talking Terror, I thought it was kind of cool, now is a chance to go on to fathomevents.com, check out if it's playing in a theater near you, and I think you should, because that fucking movie was just insanely fun, start to finish. You know, I'm actually, like, I saw, I caught this, actually. You know, I got, a, I saw something about it, and mm-hmm. I was even tempted to, to, to go for it. You know what? And, like, I know I've seen the movie already, and as a Fathom event, I would actually have to pay for my ticket instead of uh, I can't use my A-list for it. But uh, I don't know, seeing it in a theater, on a big screen, all that fun silliness with what I'm going to assume are a bunch of other people that have probably all seen the movie just like me and are all just looking to laugh, you know, and and, and that would be a good time. Or you'll be by yourself. 
Like I suspect that probably would be also, if I bought a ticket to go see Midnight. Also, very much, <laughs> very much the possibility. Yeah. So, so it would just be me yeah. and our leader, and our most sensational leader, and uh, or what was he called? Shit, I forget. What 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 they call him, man? I know he's Rico. But yeah, I, I forget that either. Could, yeah, it was, it was the most high leader or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. I just remember Casper Van Dien in that movie getting fucking milked at the end. That was great. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a, so much fun, so much cheese, so much boobs. It was Swiss Shit, location. Casper Van Dien had an acting job? <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> I, well, he can't do fucking Starship Troopers forever. I mean, you know, he's got to move on to something else. Oh, he's trying. He's done one in like <laughs> cool 15 <notes>. years, bro. <laughs> the third one. I think he's always ready. He's always got his helmet at the ready to go. In case he gets right. that call. Did he do the... Did he do the voice work in the fourth one? Didn't they do like a cartoon version for the fourth movie? Yep, and and that and that was him. Oh, <laughs> that was damn. him doing the voice work. <laughs> I listen. I, I I am all for like more Starship Trooper movies, but like they have to, you know, they have to do it like they did the fucking original man. Like, give me yep. sarcastic commentary. Give me fucking violence. Give me gore. And, you know, give me fucking, you know, Rico's Roughnecks against them fucking nasty insects. Fuck those bugs. Want to know more? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my part. <laughs> <laughs> As the soldiers are laughing. Um, <laughs> so this one is actually for the monkey, because I found this earlier, and I wanted to talk about it, because he's a fan of kaijus, Godzilla, all of them. So there's a long-lost kaiju movie from 1962 that's going to be soon released via SRS Cinema. The Whale God will see its first official North American the release, Whale God! which was originally released by Daiei in 1962, featuring stunning life-size practical effects. In the film directed by Tozuo Tanaka, once a year, the quiet fishing village of Wadawara in southern Japan is in turmoil. The whalers have always concentrated their efforts to try and catch a killer whale, which is easily twice as large as any ordinary leviathan and passes by in the offing at the same time every year. Shaki, whose grandfather, father, and other brother were all victims of the killer whale, is determined to kill it. As an inducement, the headman of the village promises to give his only daughter and all his possessions to anyone who can succeed in disposing of the terrible whale. And there's a trailer available. I put it on the, face, on the Facebook page. It looks fucking great. It is on the Talking Terror. Yeah, it is definitely on the Talking Terror Facebook page. That is where I saw it. I checked it out, and I was like, oh, God, this looks awesome. <laughs> I thought you would like it. I was like, you know what? I was like, this is for him. I was like, but the trailer actually looked good. I was like, I would actually want to check it out. There's no um, release date for it yet, but the trailer is up there for you to check out. And I will update you whenever I can about the release for The Killer Whale. I'm sure it's going to be released, uh, I mean, the, the Whale God, rather. Um, I'm sure it's going to be released on digital or Blu-ray, one of those, by SRS Cinema. So we've had cocaine there, and we have a cocaine shark coming out that was announced. But we can also expect now cocaine crabs, but not only that, cocaine crabs from outer space, also coming from SRS Cinema. Oh, man. A release of the film <laughs> is set for the summer and early fall of this year. The plot revolves around a group of intergalactic space crabs that landed on Earth where a duo of dumb frat boys force-feed them cocaine, which gives them the overbearing impulse to kill. So they are just riding the cocaine wave, and I'm here for it. I can't wait for cocaine shark. I can't wait for cocaine crabs from outer space. <laughs> just give all the animals cocaine. Let's see what happens. <laughs> it's, 
it's weird times we live in, man. It's weird times. Just get all the animals on the cocaine. <laughs> just do what and happens. You just, the possibilities are endless. <laughs> you know? You just fill up a whole line of cocaine-fueled animal movies. I'd be watching every single one of them because I just love it. <laughs> and seeing what happens. Um, <clears throat> so the folks at the Music Box Theater in Chicago are reviving the spirit of late gimmick master William Castle with a special screening of The House on Haunted Hill on June 7th at 7 p.m. and June 8th at 9.30 p.m. They're planning on rigging the theater just like the way Castle intended with all the classic gimmicks, including Emergo, the big plastic skeleton that would fly over the people in the theater during the film's scariest moments. <laughs> oh, very cool. So Emergo was a fun thing. Like I said, it was a, just a gigantic skeleton that would swoop over the theater while you're watching the movie. It would try to freak you out. My father was there for the screening back when it first came out. And he remembers everybody just chucking popcorn and candy at the skeleton as a fool of the screen, laughing the entire time, just having a great time, watching House on Haunted Hill and this fucking thing flying over the crowd. He's like, you just had to be there. It was fucking stupid fun. <laughs> it's like, you know, I didn't know if it was supposed to scare us, but it was just great. I'm so very, very cool. cool. I'm all for this kind of stuff, man. You know, I mean, Me too. we've had the resurgence of 3D. You know, like, they, they spoke mm-hmm. about, like, 4D stuff for a while and doing this and doing that, and yet, like, nothing ever really comes from it. Like, I would really love for them to, like, I don't know, figure out some the, – the, the movie industry needs to come up with something because otherwise they are going to fucking die, man. You know, theaters are just – it's so barren a lot of these days, man. Even with the latest big releases, you know, you see the numbers. They're big for, like, week one, but, like, there's such – there's such stark drop-offs now. You know, and what, as of right right now, I mm-hmm. think the biggest movie of this year is still the Super Mario Brothers movie. So, like, as far as, like, overall yeah. uh, box office length. So, and I mean, that's, that's, that's typical because it's a kid's movie. But, like, you know, these other big films, yeah. these other big releases are just not hitting the way they, they, they have in the past. So, so they may have to start no. trying something different. <laughs> But it was also a well, strong like, kids yeah. movie. It, 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 you know, it was yeah. really entertaining. They did a great job with it. You know, it, it wasn't just, you know, kids fluff. There, no, there was stuff there for everybody. It's not Minions it and shit like that, you know, as far as that, that stuff goes. Yeah, it, it spoke to both ends because, yes, kids are going to obviously love it. It's a cartoon. It's Mario. They know Mario. Parents are going to love it because we all grew up playing these fucking games. So, but yeah, there, there, there was a lot of it in there for everybody. But, you know, again, the, the, those are the movies that typically are, are the ones that are going to make big money like that. They're going to make that bank. We saw it with Sonic. We saw it, you know, we've seen it with other films of this nature. So it, it's just everything else scarily just fucking just dropping away. Mm-hmm. And, but it's like I, I was excited when I heard about the fact that they were bringing back the William Castle, uh, Castle gimmick for House on Haunted Hill. And I've been saying this for years. I wish they would do a special screening of The Tingler with Vincent Price because in that movie you had the, the shake seat, which had a buzzer beneath your seat, yep. and it would go off during the theater mm-hmm. sequence, and it would shock you, and you'd be like, oh, shit, The Tingler's here, like, and you'd be freaked out. You couldn't do that in this day and age. You could not have a secret button beneath a seat that would zap a random person because they would be like, I'm suing. I don't like this. Like, you know, so they would just get up in arms and they would just be upset. They wouldn't just enjoy the experience. So I was like, we are well, past I mean, that point where I think you could do that. Well, you remember, you don't necessarily have to 
shock them with electricity. You know, it would probably just be a vibration. You know, like the fucking... See, that's like, that's what the original shock. one was. Yeah, yeah, that's the original one was just a vibrating seat. Yeah, you know, like, mm-hmm. you see that at uh, Chuck E. Cheese with the fucking thing. You know, grab the monkey's <laughs> fucking uh-huh. cars or whatever and see if you can withstand the electric shock. And it's just fucking high vibration. <laughs> Yeah, yeah but, you know, but yeah. and, and you know, on points of all of that, it's like they have also tried the the movement seats, you know, where you have special designated, you know, I don't know if you ever tried them, Ghoul, you know, the uh, the seats that move with the movie that pan left and right and move with the action, you know, a couple of theaters around here have tried those, but you know, they're few and far between like as far as being in theaters. Bed. Yeah, the full immersion. Yeah, yeah, the the 4DK, whatever it's called, full immersion. Yeah, because it's yeah. our areas, man. Why don't we get this shit? <laughs> yeah, because that's how um, Diva and I that's how Diva and I saw Deadpool two. Um, one of the one of the two times that we saw it was in this thing, and it was individual seats that were uh, kind of shaped like you know um, car arcade seats. And you had your own speakers for you, and you could control the volume yourself, and then you could control the intensity of the movement of the seat. And and when there was action, the seat would move, but also the seat would move left and right and tilt up and down and whatever with the the camera pans as well. So it wasn't just a, you know all action thing. I didn't even know about it, so I'm with you, Google. Didn't even know we had that kind of theater uh, out here. But I don't think it's around here. I think it's, like, far. It's in York, Keith. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the Diva and I enjoyed it because we had our volumes turned all the way up and the sensitivity for the movement all the way up. And that's why we were throwing off, like, you know, when there was a car chase, of course, it would shake and this and that. But then just the camera pans and it moving left and right and tilting and stuff like that. We were like... Oh fuck! This is actually really fucking cool that it's going with the pans too, not not just you know action sequences. Yeah, I mean, be, I I just don't go to York, so I stay in, I stay in Lancaster where I'm comfortable. That's why I'm not I don't go to York. I don't go to Harrisburg. I've missed out on a lot of opportunities because I don't go to those towns. I just stay in my town, my theater, until it closes one day because they go bankrupt. So I'll be glad to go to that theater and support them, you know. But um. So moving on from that, there's two more things I want to talk about before we get into the movie. Uh, one of them is The Last of Us, uh, which had its you know, season one debut. It was a huge hit for HBO and the network as a whole. People were like, oh, man, I want to see season two. When am I going to get it? Uh, well, you're probably not going to get season two until at least 2025, 2026 due to the writer's strike. So if you're looking forward to uh, season two, you've got a long <laughs> wait. Because and there's Google a lot of projects it. ahead of what. <laughs> yeah? Google called it. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I so, literally have, like, you know, no expectations of seeing anything I want to see anytime soon other than what's already in no. production and, and coming right. out. So, yeah. yeah. Anything future-wise, it's all on hold. It's all, you know, just it's up in the air yeah. until the, the Writers Guild strike uh, gets figured out. I mean, the last one lasted 100 days, so... We'll see how long this one lasts you know, before we get back into action. Even after that, there's probably going to be some settling to do um, <clears throat> before we see these projects, you know, really kind of kick off. So, you know, 
You're probably going to forget about the last well, bus by the time it hits season two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I so you know what though, I, this makes me glad that I haven't finished season one yet. You know, so, so I still got a ways to go. I think we uh, we watched like the third episode and then we uh, we just kind of didn't go back. Uh, I think we kept meaning mm-hmm. to, but then pick up like another show or something else would go on. We just watched the finale, uh, you know, the the finale for Yellow Jackets was this this past week. That show was fucking phenomenal. Um, it was uh, yeah, I I have highest of recommends for the fucking show Yellow Jackets. You know, it's, it's it's a good time. You got two full seasons. You got a lot of great performances in it, and uh, yeah, it it is a lot of freaky fun. But, uh, but yeah, no, yeah, I was just, waiting uh, for it to end so I could pick it up. Nice. Now, uh, what the whole the whole series or the whole season? No, I saw season one. I haven't seen an episode of season two. Oh, yet. I, I was waiting for it to end so I could just binge it. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I'm just waiting for it to end. So, yeah. It's it's done. It's done. You're you're good, man. You are yeah, good. I'm, yeah. So that was probably be my uh, weekend watching viewing is uh, Yellow Jacket season two. I've avoided all spoilers so far, so I'm good. <laughs> you know, anytime I see Yellow Jackets pop up on Facebook, I'm like, nope, skip that. You know, going on to the next one. So, um, so I shouldn't tell you so, everything. <laughs> I do know that uh, it's kind of just on my mind. Like, you know, one thing that I did hear as far as, like, you know, movies that are, that are coming soon, uh, good things around uh, Ezra Miller's performance in The Flash – uh, so much so, too, that I guess they have said that uh, anything Flash-related in the future, they are going to work with him. So so whatever issues happen with Ezra Miller, I guess they're, they're happy with whatever it is that he did, uh, you know, seeking help uh, for, for his mental issues. And, uh, yeah, for yeah, his, his uh, crimes. Yeah. Alleged crimes, I should say. Yeah, I'm not going to see the Flash movie because of him. I'm seeing it because of Michael fucking Keaton. <laughs> I don't care if he's great. <laughs> I, don't care if he's I am not there for fucking Ezra Miller. I don't care. Like He's in the movie, sure, but I'm there for fucking Batman. <laughs> so he could like give a great performance. I'm like, I don't care. It's fucking Michael Keaton, man. Like, why is Ezra Miller in this fucking movie so much? I know he's a Flash, but come on. It's fucking Michael Keaton. Give him all the fucking screen time he wants. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's the fanboy I am. You know, so yeah, and because that movie, what that that comes out what next week, The Flash, or is that Spider Man? Uh, Something like that, yeah. No, well, Spider Man comes um, out tomorrow. Um, okay. Flash, I think it's June Flash first. might be next week. It's yeah, it's it's a few weeks mm-hmm. away. I know that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Spider Man comes out this week. Um, the Boogeyman comes out this week too, so I think I'm going to use one of my gift cards on the Boogeyman, and then I might use the other one on Spider-Man. I'm not too sure. I don't know if I want to do two movies this weekend. So I got Yellow Jacket season two to watch. It's ah, problems I have, <laughs> and I got a Derby game on Saturday night. So yeah, I got, I got a lot going uh, on. You know we'll what? see. I, I only ended up doing one movie this past weekend. We saw the the Machine. How um, yeah, was that? I that really? Yeah. You know. Not good. I was a little let. I was not that it's not good. I was a little let down by it, to be perfectly honest with you. You know, like for, I was expecting something, I guess, different. And I mean, I had an idea mm-hmm. what the premise of the movie was. I just think I was hoping yeah. for more of, like, okay, obviously you know the story of the machine. You've watched the comedy routine a fucking yes, yes. many times, mm-hmm. I'm sure as I have, if not more, right? I was expecting, oh, yeah. yep. I guess, 
a movie that kind of gave you two halves of a story. You know, like I know that, you know, Mark mm-hmm. Hamill there as his dad and all this other stuff, all the stuff you know from the trailer, right? But, like, I was really expecting mm-hmm. to get, like, a live version of that fucking story. Like, but, I don't know, done in a fun theatrical movie type of way, you know? And just, it didn't happen. And, like, I, I wanted oh, to laugh a hell a of a lot more than I ended up, like, laughing at this movie. And it was kind of like, fuck, man. I like him, and I love that fucking story. It's so good, yeah. Like, Monkey, if you have not seen Bert Kreischer's um, Machine Story, his stand-up, you got to watch it. It's fucking hysterical. It's so fucking yes. funny. Uh, yeah, sorry, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Oh, oh yeah, you have to see, like, I don't know if it's on bro. YouTube, but oh my god, it's so fucking good. I couldn't believe they made a fucking oh, movie out of it. I was like, damn. <clears throat> yeah, it's 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 great. You'll you'll laugh because it's it's a fucking great story. And I like Burt Kreischer too as a comedian. Like he's fucking hilarious. But the Machine story is just always the best. That's Machine. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So I'll wait till it drops, you know, on digital and, and stuff like that. Probably watch it that way. Um, and the last thing I wanted to bring up before we get into the movie for tonight, uh, just when you think Chia Pet has run out of things to do with products, uh, once again, they come out of the woodwork with a Ghostface Killer Chia Pet, where you can now grow your own Chia Pet on top of Ghostface's head, giving him a nice slushy green oh. arrow. Dude, so dude you, like you, said, you said Ghostface Killer, so I thought you would say it like Wu-Tang. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ghostface Killer, the hard R. That's why I said it with the hard R, monkey. I didn't say Ghostface Killer. I said Ghostface Killer, like the white fucking hard yeah, R. Well, you don't have so, well, that. Well, you are white. Hard R, <laughs> yeah, I had to go with the hard R for Killer, not Killa. So it's not. I mean, I would buy that though. If they came out with a Wu Tang Ghostface Killer fucking chia pet, like I don't know why I have it, but I want to collect the rest of them. I want to inspect the deck. I want Rizza, Jizza, Raekwon the Chef. I want Method Man. I want you, God. I want them all. Even the old, dirty bastard one. <laughs> Just have a fucking lineup of Wu-Tang oh, Clan I would never grow them. Right. <laughs> Wu-Tang ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu-Tang's for the children. <laughs> yeah, so if you, if, you, if you like Chia Pets, which I don't, but you like uh, Scream and Ghostface, there you go. Chia you can buy your own Chia Pets. There's so many of them, I don't know. <laughs> and you have a whole closet of full of them, you, you lying motherfucker. You, you haven't grown any of them, have you? Damn you. Damn no. you, man. No, they're still, in the, yeah. they're still in the box. <laughs> you fools thought I was actually going to try to grow them. Nope. I tried to grow the Mr. Miyagi one and failed. I'm like, fuck these guys. They're staying in the box. <laughs> Never worked out. Meanwhile, the ghoul and the monkey are like, look at me grow. I'm like, fuck everything. That's because my apartment doesn't have fucking light. That's the problem. My apartment doesn't have sunlight, so that's what you need to grow in Chia Pet. And I don't have any of that. I have blackout curtains everywhere. That's because you didn't like Disney kids. You didn't like Disney movies as a kid. No, because they were stupid. Yeah, um, I could watch fucking RoboCop whenever I wanted as a kid. You think I'm going to watch fucking Aladdin? No, I'm going to watch fucking RoboCop. Like I Dude, I told you, man. You could watch I told both, you, you need to, you, you, no. you need to give the You need to give the Black Cauldron a try. That might be your Disney movie, is to give the Black Cauldron a try. It's, I could probably watch a whole part of 
thing I can wholeheartedly tell you, you'll probably fucking hate the Black Cauldron, bro. Because that, that movie There we go. Real, See, that's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah. He, dude, he would despise that movie. I would give him, I would make him watch Aladdin over the Black Cauldron, bro. Because at least he'd laugh at Robin Williams. And you know what? Fucking get the live that. action version of Jasmine is kind of fucking hot. So, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking well, about the cartoon. I'm not, I'm not into cartoon banging. But, you know, Jasmine in fucking, that, you know, a Jasmine costume is not <laughs> something to fucking, you know, not go for. Hmm. So I'm just saying, man. The, the Horn King, you know, our armies of darkness coming up out of fucking cauldrons and shit. You know, lots of dead creatures and all that kind of shit. That's why I was saying it might be his kind of bag, man. <laughs> Are there yeah, whimsical and, creatures and a, in it? Or, like, they're mythical, whimsical creatures that fucking dance oh, around the shit? Oh, there's a mythical, whimsical creature with a real fucking annoying voice in it. That's what's in there. Nope, I'm out. I'm out. Checking out right there. <laughs> Just, just send me the Horn King fucking scenes, and I'll watch that. Sure. I don't sure. want to watch Whimsy. I would rather hear the sounds of a dying cat than have to listen to that for an entire Better movie. Heavy I'd metal. rather hear fucking Watch Heavy Metal. Heavy yeah, Metal 2000. Oh. No, heavy metal. Don't do 2000. No, don't do heavy metal. Don't do heavy metal 2000. Don't do heavy metal. Okay. So I've got my recommendations <clears throat> moving forward. I know what to check out, and I'll have to check out heavy metal, heavy metal 2000. But either way, not you've never seen heavy metal? Get... <laughs> Wait, you've never seen heavy metal? Uh, no. It's fucking great animated shit. I don't want to watch that. What do you mean, No. Oh it's God, it's animated bullshit. I don't yeah. like animated movies. You know that. I'm not a fan of animated I've, movies. I don't like them. I've, there's cartoons, I've tried. and then there's, like, there's that. That like stuff is, like, different, man. Like, backseat stuff. Is, yeah. and fucking, oh, my God. I can't no, know. I'm going to have to come over to the place to watch these things. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're going to make me suffer. I will. Yeah, I'll get tanked and then I'll watch it. You know? I will easily make cool. you suffer through something of, of other quality. Well, I was drinking through that, so that made it bearable. So maybe I'll have to do that through uh, heavy metal and heavy metal. Oh, I can't, minutes, let you, but, all I right, can't so. have a drink around me, bro. That's too too much. I can't deal with that. I'll go to the bathroom and I'll fucking like I'll just fucking down like three tall <laughs> boys real quick. I'll just fucking I'll be like I'll be right back. And then I'll come oh, out and then I'll, I'll be sounding like all right, let's go. Then I'll smell it. My feelings will be all hurt, bro. I'll be like, oh my god, I need to no, get to an AA meeting. Why is the shower going? Nothing. Hmm. I'll brush my teeth. I'll take a shower. He'll be good. You know, then like, I'll wow, be able to watch it. Like the, I didn't know you'd like the cartoons so much that you'd be jerking off all the time. Like, Holy cow. <laughs> Can't help he myself. He can go to the bathroom every five minutes. He must really <laughs> like <Yeah>. this cartoon. <laughs> all right, I'll be right back. <laughs> I just, why do I smell beer and cigarettes? I don't know. Let's be in the apartment next door. Fucking weirdos. Stop doing that over there. I'm trying to enjoy really heavy metal. Can't you see? Um, so anyway. All right. So it's my film pick of the week. We're talking about Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Uh, so driving through Texas, a young, yuppie couple, Michelle and Ryan, stop at the last chance gas station. But after they witness the owner attacking a hitchhiker named Tex, they panic and flee in their hasty departure, soon get lost. 
and soon find themselves pursued by the chainsaw tote maniac known as Leatherface. While running, the couple bump into the survivalist Benny, who they team up with in an effort to escape this horrific situation. So we've covered a couple of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequels. Um, obviously, the first one is always going to be the highlight for me, and as, as Ghoul and Dean have always said. Uh, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, I put it over Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 because they took out the slapstick humor and they put in a little bit of gore, not a lot, but they put in the gore. They connected it to the first one where it's Leatherface having a brace on his leg. They give him a daughter, which we'll talk about, which I thought was fun, but, it, you know, they put in a great heavy metal soundtrack for 1990. And, of course, I just had fun with it. It's just it's a fun movie that definitely is better than part four. So I always say if you're going to put on a sequel, put on part three after part one because it kind of connects um, and just enjoy it. Kane Hodder did some, you know, stunts for it, so he got to play Leatherface and Jason. Never got to play Michael. So we'll see if he ever gets to do that if they ever make another Halloween. Um, but with that being said, Ghoul, what do you think about Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3? Oh, I try so hard not to think about this movie. You know, this is... Uh, <laughs> Revenge Tour. This, this is one that I, I, I remember from way back <laughs> in the day. And, uh, you know, it, it, it... Mind you, I'm a big Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan. I got to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre on VHS at a very early age, you know, because my dad had it. It's one of the few tapes he had. And like, I, I remember fucking watching that movie and being absolutely 100% fucking horrified by the fucking events of that movie, mostly because I also thought that it was all real, because I'm pretty sure my mother yeah. or my aunt told me that this actually happened to a bunch of people in Texas, and then you get that narration at the beginning of the fucking movie. So, of course, you know, me and my fucking naive fucking childlike brain in New York, it was like, holy fuck, I'm never leaving this state, because if I ever go to Texas, this motherfucker's going to cut me up. He's still fucking roaming around at me. So, I, I, obviously, you know, after a while, you, you realize that movies are movies. So, I obviously didn't roll into Leatherface thinking that this was real life still. Uh, nor, nor after watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 did I think at any point that that was real either. Um, and I remember watching 2 and kind of feeling like, this ain't for me. You know, because it wasn't that same vibe. It wasn't the same feeling. It wasn't that same visceral violence that you feel within that first movie, that that insanity was still there. But, yeah, it took that comedic turn. You got some weird stuff. But, like, obviously you didn't get the same grit that you get with that original film. And I don't think you can recreate that anyway. That's lightning in a bottle. But it didn't have that violence. And I remember seeing this one in the the video store. I remember being excited when it came out. I was like, uh, again... Friday the 13th, you know, part 7. Friday the 13th, part 8. We're at Nightmare on Elm Street, part 5. We're at Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, the, we, we've dealt with the fucking, the, the dream warriors, the dream master, the dream child. You know, we, we, we have all of these fucking horror franchises that were kind of like on their ass ends. You know, Halloween 4 and 5, you know, it both released mm-hmm. by this. And it was like, damn, you know, we haven't gotten another Texas Chainsaw. So it was like, oh, shit, TCM3. It's fucking called Leatherface. I'm like, fuck my ass raw. We're going to finally get a movie that's going to be all about that Leatherface motherfucker with the chainsaw. He's going to be fucking people up left and right. I was (laughs) thrilled. The picture on the box has that fucking pretty ass chainsaw. It says, saw his family. 
man, I saw this shit and was like, you gotta be kidding me. This is just like, this is like every other fucking generic horror movie at the end of the 80s. Yeah, the, the, you had fucking multiple characters from Friday the 13th Part 8 in this film. Uh, the, 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 Leatherface's daughter and fucking Ryan. Um, yeah. It's just mm-hmm. clean. The characters' acting was like just, just that, that late 80s, early 90s. Just, the blood was like brought down to like such, such, such like nothing. It was like, hey, we want to show you blood and violence, but no, not really. Hey, look, look, the saw's going into somebody. Yeah, not really. You just kind of see stuff spraying around a little bit. And I get it. What you don't see, you're supposed to fill in. But you know what? By this point, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> 3. Give us the fucking massacre, mm-hmm. people. Let us see some of this shit. And this movie never did it. So I hated it. Hated it back then. Now, so many years later, revisiting it, I still don't like it. But I didn't hate it as much. Um, it's still a bit of a letdown, you know. I kept like wanting, just I just kept wanting more, you know. And Vigo Morton oh, yeah. as X is kind of weird. He's kind of fun, and you know, Ken Faree is always always enjoyable to watch, even though his character makes fucking zero sense whatsoever. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and of course, Ryan, Ryan and his girl goes, you know, Ryan and Michelle, like. Again, like it's it's you want to watch them die because they're fucking irritating. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she is no sound. So that is yep. the work. Yeah, absolutely agree. Agree on all those points. I do. I would take it over part two any day. But anyway, monkey, what do you think about Weatherface? Section ten, seven, Mexico three. Uh, okay, this is my first time watching this. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I remember back. I remember back in the day, just um pumping the ads on TV so fucking hard. The Saw is family. The Saw is family. The Saw is family. Like, even my dad, who knew nothing about fucking horror movies or anything like that, you know, he even knew the fucking Saw is family shit. You know, every time he's out there fucking chopping wood and shit with his chainsaw, he's out there yelling, the Saw is family. I'm like, Dad, you don't even fucking watch horror movies. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> with your little fucking thirteen inch bar on your fucking craftsman chainsaw. <laughs> but but still it's you know Very yeah. Nice. So there there was that big ass ad campaign and <laughs> and then the the big ass ad campaign and then I so now I'm finally getting around to seeing what this is and I'm just kinda like Huh. This thing probably had like Three times the budget as the original movie did, and it's like a third <laughs> as entertaining as the original one. It's like it's too crisp, oh, bless too your clean. Heart. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Bless your heart. Um, but yeah, it was just it just had that late eighties cinema look to it like a lot of the other horror movies coming out exactly at that time did it like they that finished polished look that was coming out of a lot of movies horror movies at that time it was it's sharing that look to it and I I was just feeling also just so frustrated because you know we only have two people to bring in as victims you know (laughs) yeah 
you know, we 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 have these two kids, you know, Three. coming in, going cross cr- cross country from California, you know, <laughs> all the way to the other side, and using no major highways, you know, because apparently they don't exist in this world. Uh, but it's like where, and I'm like, okay. We get we get introduced to them. And I'm like, okay, hopefully some other people are gonna get 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 introduced, and this is gonna be our body count for the movie. We get Ken Forey, but that's about it, man. It's like no, no one else is introduced, and it's like, oh, really, this is it for the body count? No dragon in other people from anywhere else. And... <sighs> yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, <sighs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it, this movie was just a, like a very forgettable movie. I was just like, oh man, I was just extremely let down by this film. I was like so excited about this and finally get around to catching it. And I was just, yeah, I and I like me. I enjoyed two way more than this movie. At least two was entertaining, you know, with two. the odd cast <laughs> and shit like that. Oh fuck off! <laughs> I do. I hate you so yeah. much. Like I, I, I pretend like it doesn't exist. <laughs> I, do. I, I will say now I do prefer this over two. You know, I, I would take yeah. this movie over two because yeah, two, two just bothers me in a lot of ways. Mhm. Yeah. Well, you know, at, at least two. You had, at, at, at least two. You know, you had a, a big ass ridiculous chainsaw fight. You know. And it's just this one, you know, you have a, a chainsaw that somehow is all chrome and still able to float and run underwater. Okay, that's one really awesome chainsaw. But, yeah, that pretty much wraps up my thoughts on this one. the technology. He made it that way. But anyway, so the movie begins with the traditional TCM scroll. It lets us know that Sally Hardesty, the sole survivor of the 1974 massacre, passed away in a private health facility in 1977. A single member of the murderer's family lived to see trial. He was known as W.E. Sawyer. Wait until part four. Anyway, he died in the gas chamber in 1981. (laughs) The jurors at his trial figured that Weatherface, assumed to be an unapprehended killer, was in fact the alternate personality of W.E.'s, activated whenever he donned a crude mask made of human flesh. So if there is, was no Leatherface, Sally Hardesty can rest in peace. But if there actually was a Leatherface, he remains at large, and the so-called Texas Chainsaw Massacre was only the beginning. We then cut to a young woman named Gina being murdered by Leatherface. He begins slicing <laughs> off Gina's face and begins making a mask of it while her sister Sarah watches secretly from outside. As he works, he steps on a branch, which causes Leatherface to jump up and look outside. Not finding anything, he slams the steel door shut to his workshop. So we cut to the next day. A young couple, Ryan and Michelle, are driving through Texas on their way to Florida while they're parting ways. Obviously, this couple are at odds. Michelle just needs some time away from him, as we hear on the radio that there was a discovery of a large body pit just off the highway. We cut to that night, where we see the police investigating the body pit, and there's a special cameo from Stretch from TCM2 in there, smoking a cigarette and walking <laughs> off screen. So we know Stretch is alive, and she made it to be a reporter like she wanted to be. So Ryan and Michelle reach the area of the highway where the body pit is. As we see a man don a biohazard suit and enter the body pit, as cameras also make the fun sounds of the camera from the first TCM. You know, so I thought to bring that effect back. So we know we're in Texas Chainsaw Massacre territory. Uh, we also find out, being a reporter, that at least 60 to 70 bodies have been found. 
Ryan fills Michelle in on what happens to a body when it decomposes because, hey, he's pre-med. A deputy speaks to them about why they're driving to Florida rather than flying. Michelle yeah. tells them that the car they're in belongs to Michelle's father, and they're just bringing it to him. The deputy yeah. decides, but of course, eh, she, you know, of course she knows he's pre-med. Of course she knows. They've been dating. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah, I know, of course she I know knows, you're but... fucking pre-med. You never fucking shut up about it. <laughs> this, this is like the worst fucking couple. I agree with the ghoul. They're the worst fucking couple, but we carry on. Um, once they leave, we cut to the next day where they're driving along the road. They hit an armadillo, and once that armadillo is on its last legs, you know, they decide they have to put it out of its misery. Michelle can't do it, so she hands the rock over to Ryan and smashes it. Armadillo. armadillo, like in the first movie. She makes... She makes a cake just like an armadillo. You cut right into it, blood everywhere. <laughs> but for some reason, the armadillo's got a fucking earring? What the fuck? <laughs> I thought that was a piece of the car. I thought that was a piece of the car that it hit, yeah, so it was, it was stuck in the, the ear. So. Yeah, I think it was an earring. No. Anyway. No, it's, no, it's yeah. an earring. Because oh, no, another animal... I, another animal has the same earring later. I didn't see another animal except this one, so, all right. Well, anyway, no, there's the, what, the uh, fox? The fox that gets thrown on the hood also had an earring? Yep. Okay, oh, well, I didn't notice the earring in the, in the fox's ear, so. Yeah, no, but. No, maybe they, <laughs> that's a, a Sawyer family pet. Maybe the armadillo was a Sawyer family pet that escaped. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it has the earring on. Um so later we see a drifter known as Tex be dropped off at the last, ga- uh, last chance gas station. The station is owned by a pervert known as Alfredo, who may manage maybe one to two customers a day, but he's in luck because Michelle and Ryan are oh, looking for gas for their car. <laughs> a day? One to two Alfredo... a year? <laughs> <laughs> so Alfredo scares Michelle and takes her picture. He'll sell to her for five bucks, but, you know, I'll go down to 369. She says, no, thanks. She just needs to get gas. And, oh, yeah, I'll service you up real good. So Michelle looks in the rear mirror and sees him putting the gas in the car, and that's when she gets out and backs up in the text. He confronts Alfredo and acts as her protector. He tells her that Alfredo is kind of the town's loony, especially after losing his job at the old slaughterhouse. Tex puts on the smooth talking while Ryan is in the bathroom, and Michelle's kind of into it. You know, as Alfredo goes into the office and has a little tantrum, that hey, motherfucker, you, I'm going to make you love me, honey. Come on, motherfucker. You know, yeah, come on. <laughs> I liked him. Ryan, he was fun. Oh, Alfredo was so great. Uh, so uh, Ryan uh, goes back with Michelle and Tex, and Tex asks him if they, he can get a ride, but Ryan shoots him down, even though Michelle's like, all right, well, let's not shoot him down right away. So Michelle decides to leave and go to the bathroom as Alfredo pulls a Norman Bates and spies on her through the hole in the wall. Text gives Ryan some advice on a shortcut to use to get where they need to. It's quicker than the highway, and you don't want to be on these roads at night. So let me get the map. I'll show you the route, and you can get to it. While Ant's looking at the map, tells Tex that, again, please give me a ride. It's all I need. And Ryan's like, I don't think so. So still, no. So as Michelle finishes up in the bathroom, Tex catches Alfredo spying on her, and the two begin to fight. Tex tells him to relax as Alfredo runs in and gets a shotgun. Tex yells at them to get in the car and go as Alfredo begins shooting at the car, then at Tex. The couple flee and take the route marked on the map by Tex as night begins to fall, and we cut back to the station as the garage opens up and a large pickup truck emerges as Alfredo begins spinning around and shooting a shotgun in the air. It's Armageddon now, bitch face! Yeah, motherfuckers! So, you know, so he's just having yeah, a great fucking face. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But but so then when they were like showing the map and shit like that, he was making the note about what year it was printed, and it, that was them trying to be all sneaky and tricky and shit like that. Yep. <laughs> Same mm-hmm. year as the first QTM. <laughs> 1973. Like, so Michelle and Ryan drive through the night, arguing as Michelle hears something, and as we see the pickup truck behind them following them, suddenly turns on its headlights. The truck pulls alongside the car and throws a dead fox with an earring onto the windshield, which causes Michelle to spin out, <laughs> causing one of their tires to go flat. After oh, a brief smooth. argument, they get to work. So, after a brief argument, they get to work putting on the spare tire. As Ryan is working on putting it on, we hear the sound of squeaky metal. Michelle gets scared and tries to find out where the sound is coming from as Ryan pleads with her to put the light on the tire. As he continues to put it on, yeah, Michelle okay. continues to be freaked out, scanning the area. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that she's constantly fucking walking away from him, leaving him in the mm-hmm. dark, changed his fucking yeah. tire, in the middle of a road that's got no light source <laughs> whatsoever. Man, she'd be no. I, I would have fucking walked over, grabbed her by her head, and, like, fucking stapled her to the side of the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, she, he's like, please put the light on. She's like, one second, one second. No, put the fucking light on the tire. It's a fucking sound of squeaky metal. We'll get over it. You know, like, the movie starts off, mm-hmm. and you're kind of like, you know, he's coming off as, like, the pleading, annoying, you know, stuck-on-the-girl type of boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like, I, at first, yeah. I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, all right, I get, I get why she's breaking up with him, you know? But, like, the mm-hmm. more it goes on, it's the more like, wow, Ryan doesn't realize he's dodging a bullet. He needs to let her go. You know, he just really needs yeah. to let her go. So, as she's scanning the area, still looking while Ryan's trying to put the tire on, we see a pair of legs starting to approach with a chainsaw and a brace on the leg. So, that's where the metal squeaking is coming from, because it's fucking Leatherface. Reds up that chainsaw <laughs> and starts giving chainsaw. Did the movie like, oh, named Leatherface shit. have Leatherface in it? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Ryan and Michelle managed to escape harm, but Leatherface managed to pull off the hood of their trunk after losing his chainsaw. So he's sawing up that trunk hood, gets so pissed off as a weed, he fucking yanks it off. I was like, Leatherface, you've been doing some lifting, bro. Getting them gains. You can pull a fucking trunk hood off and throw it to the ground. They drive off. So they drive off quickly. They see a bloody text walk into the road, and they nearly collide into a Jeep driven by Benny the Survivors. Both vehicles crash as Benny emerges from his Jeep and goes to help Ryan, who tells him Michelle is still in the car. He tells Benny that there's some guys after them, and one is a chainsaw, and Benny's like, I don't really believe you, but okay. He gives Ryan a painkiller as he tells Benny that they're being hunted again. Again, sure, kid. Benny also gives Michelle a painkiller as she panics about Leatherface and the men after them. Ryan shows him the trunk of their car, missing its hood as proof. Benny sees the slashes from the chainsaw and immediately believes them. So that's when Michelle I, 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 I love that this guy's giving them painkillers without asking them if they want painkillers. He's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take this. And, <laughs> and, and they're so fucking stupid, they don't even bother to ask what the fuck is it. You know, they have someone yep. with a chainsaw chasing them, and now you have someone giving you some strange pills, and you immediately pop them? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, immediately pop Not asking any questions. It's fine. So Michelle asked Benny if he saw text, but he didn't. Ryan starts to feel a little woozy from the painkillers and then tells him, you're going to feel that way, and, you know, you're going to get a little sleepy off of them, so it's fine. I'll go in search of text while you guys rest. So Benny reaches the road and finds that flares have been lit by a man will come to find out his tinker. 
and he has a hook for a hand. Tinker knows about the accident. That's why he's there. Meanwhile, Ryan and Michelle pass out from the painkillers given to them by Benny as Tinker offers to give ah. Benny a ride. But when Benny goes to the back of Tinker's truck, he finds a damaged chainsaw, and he's like, well, not getting into the oh. back of this one. Hey, oh, guys, would you mind shit. if I go back to my truck? <clears throat> Just real quick. <clears throat> Tinker's like, all right, motherfucker, whatever you want to do. I don't care. I got time for you. <laughs> so, of course, Benny runs back to his truck, and he gets his gun, starts assembling it, and Tinker's like, y'all ready over there, yo, man? And he's like, 15 seconds. And he's like, all right. But we know that Tinker's <laughs> onto him. So he puts on his headlights and gives chase after Benny, who tumbles down a hill. And once he hits the bottom, Leatherface is there, revving up his chainsaw, ready to give chase. But Benny's like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> this guy with a fucking chainsaw? So oh, Benny shit, there's white people with chainsaws. What the fuck is going on? I should have stayed up in my survival area <laughs> away from these fucking crackers. But, okay, <laughs> Benny knows Kung Fu, Absolutely. so he just fucking karate chops the shit out of Weatherface, and he's like, yeah, I got you, motherfucker, you know, and drops Weatherface to the ground. As the two fight, Weatherface pulls out a fucking mechanical saw and saws into Benny's leg. He's like, ha-ha, motherfucker, I fight dirty. No, like, that's not cool. He doesn't pull out a mechanical <laughs> saw. I, no, I find this. That I was fucking rolling here because what does Leatherface have as a backup when his chainsaw goes down? Dremel. He's got a fucking a Dremel. He's got a fucking Dremel. I didn't know what to call yeah. it. I was just like a little motor I saw. How they didn't know it was a Dremel. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a Dremel. And at the same time, it's like how the fuck was this powered? Because back then you didn't have battery powered fucking Dremels. It's, Okay. Tech says to him, he goes, "Oh, you know, Leatherface liked that new toy you gave him, uh, and that's what he was oh, talking okay. about." Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, but yeah, tiny little Dremel. <laughs> Whatever Leatherface has to work on models and shit, or <laughs> yeah. shit around the kitchen. Here you go. <laughs> so <laughs> fucking roll it when he pulls up that though. little thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's effective because it gets down Benny, so Leatherface can pick up the chainsaw to deliver the final blow. But Sarah shows up out of the distance, yelling, I'm, you're after me, motherfucker. So Leatherface is like, oh, shit, yeah, that's right. I was after her earlier. So he goes running off like the hunting dog that he is because he's not worried about Benny. He wants that girl. So he goes running off uh, to chase after her. Benny manages to find his gun as Sarah appears once more, losing Leatherface. Leatherface is very smart. You can just run around in a couple circles and be like, where did he go? Where did it go? Like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> he asks her what's going on, and she isn't too quick to talk. He sees that her hand is injured, and she tells him the party's still cooking. They're still out there. And she says that she's the only one left after they were grabbed a week ago. She's clearly lost her mind as Benny comforts her and thanks her for saving him. Meanwhile, Ryan and Michelle have wakened up from their painkiller-induced little coma, and they walk <laughs> through the woods and we see Weatherface continuing to hunt. Benny hears Michelle shouting his name, he tries to get Sarah to join him, but she tells him that they'll be dead soon. So he's like, all right, I'm going to leave you here. She gives him a Zippo lighter as a parting gift. He might need it later. Benny makes his way through the woods and comes across tripwire. He causes it to cause a trap go off. Nice neighborhood. Sarah soon begins to wander and runs right into Leatherface, who pushes her right up against a tree, pinning her through the tree, and then guts her with his chainsaw. Benny hears the screams and the chainsaw before continuing through the woods, knowing that Sarah is no longer with us. Weatherface catches up to the couple as they run. <clears throat> Ryan gets his foot caught into a bear trap. He tells Michelle to run as Weatherface closes in on him, revving the chainsaw close to his face. 
<clears throat> so this is when Michelle runs into a farmhouse situation. Nothing bad comes out of finding random farmhouses in the middle of nowhere, especially not in Texas Chainsaw oh, Master movie. So she, no. <laughs> she's going to be fine. Texas, they're, they're gonna, real friendly at their farmhouses in Texas. Just trying to go. This is where you want to be. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this is exactly where you want to be. Everything is fine. You're going to be safe. So she enters the house, which seems to be empty. She hears a young girl crying upstairs and follows her. The young girl stands in a room alone, crying and clutching a skeleton doll. The room is filled with bones, still no questions asked. She asks the girl what her name is, and the girl <laughs> nods to the doll, and she says, this is Sally. That's when the little girl then pulls out a bone shard and stabs Michelle in the leg. Yakety yak, don't talk back. And Michelle stumbles <laughs> backwards into the arms of Tex, who is, of course, evil. We couldn't figure that out from the beginning, but now it's official, he's evil. So he grabs her and tells the little girl, they just keep getting dumber and dumber, right? And she's like, ha, 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 yeah. So, of course, they have now Michelle in their, in their hostage situation. So we cut back to the woods. Alfredo pulls up in his truck, and he's on bone patrol. He's like, motherfucker, I'm a human being. I'm a goddamn human being. Got me out here in fucking bone patrol, dumping this shit. Yeah, I thought you suffered, motherfucker. You know, just muttering himself the entire time. This poor guy is like the shit heel of the fucking family. They just make him dump body parts into the fucking swamp. So we go back to the house, and Michelle has her hands nailed to a chair as she's seated uh, in a chair. Uh, she's seated in a chair and gets her hands nailed to it. In the unrated version, you see the nails going into her hands. So if you ever get a chance to see the unrated version, it's kind of pretty fucking gnarly. You see these fucking that, nails. That was the one that hands. I watched. Yeah, yeah, that was so, the version yeah. I watched. So then Tex asks her, how are you liking Texas so far? She's like, well, not great. I'm not, I'm not really into Texas. But. So she asks them why they're doing this, and one of the girls says, we don't poke them, they don't leak. And then clearly we need to feed Grandpa, who is dead at this point. So Grandpa is clearly a fucking corpse, you know, just mouth covered in blood. His eyes are gone. He looks like fucking Reverend Kane from Poltergeist. Yeah, this guy is no longer the John Dugan Grandpa. Because you know what? In the original Texas Chainsaw, <laughs> I thought that motherfucker was dead too when they first brought him out. <laughs> and then you fucking start hearing him and he move. move a little bit. But now nah, this time they make sure to show you that he's definitely dead. Yeah, there, there, there's no movement from Grandpa. He's just being fed blood even though he's dead. So that's when Mama shows up in her wheelchair using a voice box to speak. Tinker then brings in Ryan's <laughs> body and seeing Tex string him upside down using meat hooks. Tinker tells Mama that Junior should be here in a while to bring in the dark meat, a.k.a. Benny, anytime soon now. As the two talk about Michelle, Tinker calls Tex Eddie, which causes Tex to get upset. I told you to call me Tex. He's like, I'm sorry, all right? All right, but just, it's fine. <laughs> so he recovers oh, you from my, my tough Texan name. <laughs> Don't call me yeah. Eddie. <laughs> so as they have Ryan strung upside down on meat hooks, <clears throat> Tex walks over to Ryan, realizing that he's still alive. He's like, oh, my God, he's got a little twitch in him. He's like, hey, if we need anything. Just twitch. And I was like, I like that line, man. I was like, good job, Tex. So, like, <laughs> you know. so the little girl and Tex put a rag in Michelle's mouth and wrap it with electrical tape as Tinker weaves to get the present he made for Leatherface. Meanwhile, we see Alfredo disposing of the body parts in the trash bag as Benny spies on him doing this. Back at the house, Leatherface has returned and tries to get Michelle to listen to the sweet tunes on his Walkman. She doesn't want any part of this, so that upsets him. Tex enters the room and announces they have something special for Leatherface. A huge gold and chromed out chainsaw with the words of Saw's family etched into the blade. Leatherface loves his new toy and even taunts Michelle a little bit with it. 
But Tinker shows up and he's mad because he didn't get that dark one, Benny. So Leatherface decides, you know what, let's make peace. I'm going to give you my Walkman, but he's like, you don't even need this. So he throws it in the oven, which causes Leatherface to fucking get pissed. And he grabs Tinker, puts him into the oven, and forces his good hand into the oven to get back his Walkman. And once he has it back, Leatherface runs over to Mama, where he finds comfort with Mama. She's like, it's okay now, Junior. It's okay. You got it back. Let me see that smile. Come on. You know, and she's like, all right, why don't you go ahead and do your lessons and go take that thing okay. with you. And he's like, cool, what are you doing? But, but what, yeah, what, yeah. wanted to ask you guys, what, you know, so seeing this new chainsaw for the very first time, all fucking chromed out, you know, the Saws family on the, you know, what did you guys think of this, you know, who fucking beast of a chainsaw when you guys, you know, first saw it? What did you think, Google? I mean, again, like I said, as a kid, when I first saw this as a kid, and I saw that on the box, I was like, oh, shit, that's going to be really fucking cool. He's going to cut some motherfuckers up with it. It's going to be badass. Now we get the reveal. It's in the in the movie. Uh, I'm, again, this was, what, 1990? So I probably saw yep. this yep. way probably in, like, 91. So I was 13, 14, you know what I mean? It looked badass. I don't know anything about a fucking chainsaw. Yeah. I live in Penal yep. in New Jersey, okay? I don't know how chainsaws <laughs> yeah. really work. I don't know fucking, you know, I don't know my ass from my elbow with these fucking things. So it just looked badass. It looked like it could do a lot of damage. It's got fucking spikes. It's got chrome, and it says Saw's family on it. What I want to see is I want to see Leatherface going fucking ham on this thing and, and, and fucking going to town. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the first time I saw it when I was on video, I'm like, that is the greatest fucking chainsaw I've ever seen. The blade is so fucking unusually long. It's gold. It's got the spikes, you know. And then we see at the end what it can do in the fucking water by itself. I was like, Tinker obviously worked on this fucking thing, making it a special gift for, for Leatherface, a.k.a. Junior. But the fact that it had the Saw's family kind of etched on the blade, like, that just made it so much fucking more badass. I was like, I don't even care if he kills people with this thing. This fucking thing rules. The fact that it's got the family <laughs> motto on the fucking blade. And we don't even know who these fucking people are because in the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it was the cook and the fucking hitchhiker and Leatherface. Like, now all of a sudden there's Mama and there's Alfredo and Tinker and Tex <laughs> and the little girl. But that's because Leatherface fucks. Like, <laughs> it's, there's so many people. Out, where did well, come from? You may, okay, yep. go. I mean, you just said the key thing right there. Now, we know in the last movie that Leatherface wanted to fuck. But now, obviously, yep. Leatherface has fucked. Mm-hmm. Okay, but do do they actually say that the little girl is Leatherface's kid? It's implied because we we find out that he likes private parts. So, you know, Junior loves the private parts. That's his favorite part. That's why I cut off grandpa's in my own. Yeah, <laughs> and especially when little girl kisses him on the lips. I was like, oh, that's definitely his kid. He's got a fucking little daughter. Yeah. She also says he makes pretty babies. Mm Mm-hmm. And Jennifer Banco as a little girl is adorable. Um, So in the woods, Benny confronts Alfredo with his gun and tells him to move, asking him how many bodies are out there. How many what, O.J.? I was like, O.J.? I was like, this is 1990. (laughs) He hasn't even killed anybody yet. 
Look at him predicting shit. Hysterical, man. Just, just, <laughs> just give it a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look at Alfredo predicting the future in fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. So he ends up knocking Alfredo into the water, assuming that he's dead, and just says, one down. I'm like, well, you just kind of knocked him into the water. I don't know if he's dead. You might yeah. want to shoot at the water a little bit. Or, no, 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 he's dead. I'm not going to worry about that. I love it. I love it. When he put it like a gun in fucking Alfredo's face, and Alfredo's like, I don't appreciate your tone. (laughs) (laughs) All calm and shit. You know, guns in his face. He's "He's not losing his shit. He's just like, I don't appreciate your tone. (laughs) (laughs) I don't appreciate how you're talking to me right now. You know, does not even care one bit. Um, So meanwhile, we cut back to the the shop where Leatherface is. He returns with an alphabet soup electronic game. Every image that pops up, he types in F-O-O-D. Wrong answer. Try again. <laughs> and then he show another face, F-O-O-D. Wrong again. He gets frustrated. Benny walks up to the workshop seeing this. He's like, what the fuck is going on here? And so when the face ends up getting so frustrated, he just picks up his chainsaw and leaves, entering the kitchen where dinner is still being prepared by Tex and Tinker. Little girl gets upset when she finds out that Tinker is going to kill Ryan. She was promised the next one. So Tinker is like, all right, you know, she's old enough to do it. You know, let's, let's let her do it. So Tex let her grab onto a pole switch, which causes a sledgehammer to drop down and slam into Ryan's face, immediately killing him. The little girl then runs over to Leatherface and sits on his lap, where she kisses him on the lips before going upstairs to go wash up for dinner, as Mama instructs. And that's when Mama says to Michelle, Whether loves the private parts is real good with him. They make such pretty girls. So, Weatherface draws a target lipstick on Michelle's face as he grabs his chainsaw, revving it up as Michelle screams. And that's when Benny shows up with his automatic fucking rifle and starts shooting up the kitchen, killing Grandma, taking out Tinker, knocking Tex to the floor as Michelle manages to free herself in the chair and escape from the house. And that's when Benny grabs her. By just pulling her hands out of those... Pulling yep. her own hands out of the nails. I fucking, I love this shot because you were finally getting yeah. the fucking blood, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, ripping it up. There's flesh all over the place in their hands and shit. I'm like, all right, finally some fucking blood. It's, <laughs> it's, killing, it's killing me with the thing, though, is like, all right, you know, we know Benny is a survivalist. We know Benny, mm-hmm. you know, has fucking this, this, this rifle. We know Benny's got weapons, man. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He also found out that, you know, when the girl asks him, like, oh, are you some kind of soldier or something? He says, only on weekends. And now you see why, <laughs> okay? Because Benny <laughs> yeah, know. doesn't know how to shoot that fucking gun for his goddamn life, okay? Benny just wants to randomly shoot around the house instead of aiming down his fucking barrel the way he should be, taking these motherfuckers out. <laughs> yeah, but he exactly. But job because he does take out all of them. <laughs> He manages to take out Mama. He shoots a dead corpse of Grandpa. <laughs> he takes out, he takes out the two people all. that can't move. <laughs> <laughs> and Tinker, Tinker dies. Tinker got killed. He got well, his ear shut off, and then he got the... He, yeah, so, yeah, he died. So, yeah, Tinker he, died. We don't know for sure. No, we'll find out. But anyway, yeah, so he presumably dies in the kitchen. Tex was only wounded. So he's able to go outside as we hear the Death Angel on the soundtrack kick in as Leatherface gets into his truck and attempts to run over Benny. Leatherface exits the truck on with his brand-new chainsaw going up to Michelle as we see Mama and Tinker die. 
a presumably thinker. <laughs> so Tess runs outside and begins a fight with Benny, who smashes a pickaxe into a can of gasoline. Benny's like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? And he's like, oh, what do you want to eat, pizza? <laughs> I like liver. I like onions. And I like pain. And I was like, all right, I'm still with you. <laughs> so as they fight, Benny flips Tex onto the ground, which in real life actually broke a few ribs for Vigo. And you could see him clutch at his yep. chest as he falls because that wasn't planned. So, <laughs> yep, you see that shot. You know, you could find it at the end during the battle where he grabs onto his chest and they go, shit, ribs broken. So Benny pulls out his Zippo as Tex gets back to his feet and lights him on fire just as Weatherface's truck explodes from the ruptured tank of gasoline. Meanwhile, Weatherface is still chasing after Michelle, who winds up being dragged by a trap. She attempts to free herself, but the trap causes her to be dragged into the nearby body of water, it's also filled with the human remains of previously dumped victims by Alfredo. It's a real poker ghost pool sequence. When these fucking body parts are floating up in the fucking pool. Oh, my God! There's <laughs> just body parts and arms and fucking skulls everywhere. So Benny arrives and launches himself at Leatherface as they both fall into the water. The two fight, but Leatherface seems to get the upper hand and pushes Benny's head into his chainsaw, much to the dismay of Michelle. Weatherface then goes after Michelle, but she picks up a rock and then seemingly beats him to death with this. She couldn't do it with the armadillo, but she could do it with Weatherface, saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, she just beats him to fucking death because that's what she I'm wanted to tell sorry. the armadillo. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the fact that he gets beaten to death with a fucking large rock. I was like, I always laugh at that sequence. I'm like, this is how you fucking take out Leatherface, but you beat him to death with a fucking rock? Like, you couldn't do it with an armadillo, but you could do it with Leatherface because now you got that fucking power in you. Like, you know, when I've seen some shit, and now I can do it. <laughs> But of course you're like, oh, wow. So of course. All right. So Michelle, sole survivor of this whole fucking ordeal. She's going to find her way to safety somehow, some way, because it's now dawn. And at a less chance gas station truck pulls up alongside Michelle. She panics. But Benny's here. Somehow he didn't need that side of his brain to drive. (laughs) Well, no. So here's the thing. (laughs) Well, no, I totally forgot. I forgot how this movie ended, right? So, like, when he comes up Mm -hmm. in the car, and I see he's got, like, that little notch on his head and shit, for a quick second I'm thinking to myself, oh, fuck, did Leatherface get him? Is Leatherface fucking, like, is he... Because you see him, like, they, they cut to this shot when he's running back around the car to get back into the driver's seat, and he's, like, limping yeah. on the leg, and it's making me think of fucking Leatherface's leg. Like, that would have been such an awesome fucking turn right there, you know? Like, to have fucking Leatherface disguised oh, yeah. as Benny, and you get, like, that, you know, maybe somebody like sticking their head up out the fucking pickup truck at the end, and you realize that Michelle <laughs> is fucked. But no. No, it was really good. <laughs> Weatherface is not that good at making masks. Like he can't make that much of a realistic mask to make it look like he's not Hannibal Lecter. I'll give him so much credit. <laughs> no, he can't do it. But that's just because test audiences loved Ken Faree, and they didn't want to see him die, so they shot the additional ending where he survives and he just has this little fucking head wound. And he's like, "I'm all right. Like, yeah, it's cool. Let's go." So 
Benny so, is a cat that Alfredo who shows back. When the test audience comes back and tells you that they don't want the character to die, that's all the more reason you can kill him. You made an emotional <laughs> yeah. connection to the character. You're yeah. not bringing him fucking back for the next movie. You make that impact. You make the audience feel it. Yeah. yeah. But Alfredo ambushes uh, Benny and attacks Michelle, manages to get the shotgun from inside the truck, and blows Alfredo away with a shot to the chest. The pair drive away as we see Leatherface's legs enter the frame, revving his chainsaw as he and the little girl are the only Sawyers left alive as we close out. So this or, movie had two alternate endings. Yes, go ahead. Yes, th- yes, thank you. Because I watched so, the yeah, other it, ending it, as well. Yeah. <laughs> this movie had, had two alternate endings. One was shot, one was not. So the one that was shot I'll talk about first. So this ending had Benny dying and not showing back up. He doesn't survive. He dies. So at dawn, Michelle is wandering the back roads of Texas as we see a cop car pull up just ahead of her. And in the back seat, we see the little girl pop up holding her doll Sally and laughing, waving the little doll's hand at Michelle, who drops to her knees and starts fucking laughing like Sally at the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 74, realizing that it's not over. And the cop car has a bumper sticker, don't mess with Texas. Okay. Yeah. So that but, yeah, but, yeah, but but it's also it's also Leatherface driving the car and uh grandpa's in the passenger seat in the front. Uh, yeah, you missed some important fucking information there, King. What kind of shit is that? No, because I just watched it earlier and I only saw the cop. So I only saw the back of the cop set, so I missed that. So because I watched the alternate ending before the show, I didn't see Grandpa in the passenger seat. I'm going to have to watch that now, okay? Because I didn't see anybody in the passenger seat. So, all right. So, I, I remain mistaken. But uh, the other alternate ending that was scripted but not filmed, Michelle escapes the swamp and keeps running throughout the night and eventually stumbles upon the sheriff's station. Once she makes it inside, the sheriff pretends to want to help her. And after a few moments, it's revealed that he's hiding a chainsaw under the desk and attacks her with it, implying that the whole town is involved with the Sawyer family. I would have liked that ending. You know, <laughs> the fact that it's kind of like we talked about Friday the 13th, the, the remake. The whole town's in on it. They know about Jason. They're keeping him a secret. So I thought it would be kind of cool to see mm. the fact that this whole town is in on the Sawyer family's business and they're not giving him away. Even the cops are involved. Like, that, that's pretty fucking heavy for a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. I would have loved it. But, you know, they, they went with what they wanted to go with. Mm. With Weatherface, you know, still being mm. alive and, and running up the chainsaw. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get to part four because I fucking loathe part four. As a huge Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan, I fucking can't stand Next Generation. Matthew McConaughey can't even fucking oh, is save that, that movie. Oh, it, is, so that's where that one comes in. Because it's not yeah, labeled as part weeks. four. <laughs> because I'm not being okay. I'm not that cool. I'm not that cool. <laughs> I, I, yeah. This, so, do you remember what I said about when the audience feels something? You feel yeah. something, don't you? <laughs> you? Feel it, right? <laughs> so, like I said, we're I'm not in two weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure we're going to go that way, which is fine. It's just that we're going to find out what really happened to W.E. Sawyer if you watch part four. Oh, God. Uh-huh. I just, yeah. Like, the way that, it, you know, it's just, it makes fucking part two watchable for me. And I don't like part two at all. But I'm like, you know what? If i got to choose between the two, 
picking fucking part two to watch over Next Generation because, God damn, Robert Jacks, you just weren't the leather face I wanted you to be, man. <laughs> they did you dirty in that script. But, you know, it's not going to be my pick. Obviously, the ghoul has fucking some uh, machinations about what he wants to do for his next pick. So we'll have to see if we return to Texas. But anyway, guys, that was Touching Shame on Massacre 3. Um, I hope you guys had a great time listening to it. But next week, we're giving it to the Mad Monkey for his film pick of the week. So what are we talking about next week? Please don't be next week. Yeah, man. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> no. 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 Um, no, something's going around. Uh, uh, everyone's <laughs> breaking out their, everyone's breaking out their uh, bikes and shit like that because the weather's good and all that kind of shit. Bikes and and you guys always say on the show that we don't cover enough werewolf movies, so we're going to 1971 to cover a grindhouse movie called Werewolves on Wheels. <laughs> oh no way. We're really going to Werewolves yeah. on Wheels? Yeah. Have you reached that point? Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah, seen it. We are. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It's fine. I, I thought it was 73, but I was mistaken. But, yeah. Nope. Might as well be a 71. movie. 71. Yep. And oh, it's available for free on Tubi. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. Um, fuck. What? What? No, hmm. Oh, it was Stephen Hawking. Wow. That's the fucking guy that was movie. I was trying I had a fucking brain fart. I was trying to think of the lead in and I was like, It's it's Stephen something. It's Stephen Oliver. Yes. Fuck it. All right. Okay. So, How about, okay. Movie? We will cover that next uh, week. Why are you sitting there putting spoilers of my movie on the fucking show? And you're like, it's spoiler. not a spoiler. We're talking about a guy that See, acted in the movie. You, you don't, don't know who you he is. don't under you have no idea what a spoiler is, do you, King? That means you don't talk How about the movie. Spoiler? How giving the actor's name is that a spoiler? I didn't tell you about what the movie's about. I just said, "Oh yeah, Stephen Oliver's in that movie." Oh, that's a spoiler. Who knows Stephen Oliver? Raise your hand. No, but raise but, your hand, audience. <laughs> who knows who Stephen Oliver? Is? <laughs> our our, our, our millions of fans out there. So, monkey, monkey, this is like Dodson right now. Okay, like Dodson, Dodson, got Dodson here. See, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. So, see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the, I didn't realize we had a bunch of fucking Stephen Oliver fans in the audience. I'm sorry, guys. Spoiler. He's Stephen Oliver. Who the fuck is Stephen Oliver? I'm fucking guy. Where to spoil the movie, King? Where to spoil the fucking movie? Now they know what it's about because Stephen Oliver's in it. They're not going to tune yeah, in. But, <laughs> no, but then you're going to sit there and be like, never, God damn it. <laughs> oh man, they never yeah, change. Because, then the, because then the movie's like this, and it's like that, and I'm gonna be like, dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Stop talking about the movie yeah, before we're talking about the movie. <laughs> I can't believe you spoiled it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Mikey, you fucking kill me, but I love you. Uh, <laughs> all the Stephen Oliver fans, all two of you, I'm sure at home, are like, oh, movie spoiled. Can't watch it next week. We found out Stephen Oliver's in it. We know what's going to happen to that guy. <laughs> oh, man. I just, I can't. I can't. I can't just sometimes. But, all right. Poor monkey. So, yeah, we'll be talking. Moving. God. Spoilers, King. <laughs> oh, I can't fucking breathe. Oh, my God. All right. I'm trying. I'm trying. All right. So, 
As we close screw, out, screw you guys, uh, I'm going home. <laughs> oh, don't be like that. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for uh, listening. Good night, everybody. <laughs> stay tuned for that Stephen Oliver movie next week that we're going to be talking you about. You bastard. Spoilers. <laughs> I'm spoiling my movie, God dang it. He's not even alive anymore. Oh, spoiler. Oh, my God. Oh, can't talk about that. I mean, anyway, so, oh, the character uh, died? No. <laughs> can't spoil anything. Anyway, all right. Go, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? Man, stay scared, everybody. Stay scared for next week's episode of Talking Terror. Starring Stephen Oliver. Spoiler. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway guys I'm your old pal the king of horror Andy G thank you so much for listening to this episode of Weatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 hail yourselves hail Satan hail Odorous keep America strong watch horror movies and we'll see you back here next week <laughs> <laughs>